0: If I could do it all over again, I would. And I wouldn't change a thing. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss films that are underrated, underappreciated, and ones that have slipped on the radar and passed my people by. I'm Ariel Ortiz, and of course I'm joined by the ongoing hosts of Derek Duff and, and Alan Torres for one, um, as, as one of uh, as <laughs> I'm kind of getting emotional, but uh, yeah, uh, one of the few... Few times, you know, not regular anymore, Alan. Torres. Sorry, Alan, to hold that up.
1: Oh, <laughs> good, no worries. <laughs>
0: but, but we're finishing off this series that that I pitched of um, unsung series, which is uh, about movies that un- underrated movie series, and um, we are actually ending on my choice of movie series, which is the West Ball directed movie series of the Maze Runner book series adaptation that was um, the book series written by James Drasher and um, it's not only one of my favorite book series of all time but then also one of my favorite movie series and definitely an unsung series in that regard as well. But yeah, like let's get into it.
2: Yeah, so um, I guess I can start because... I, ha- I had heard of these books and the film adaptations, of course. They, like a lot of these YA dystopian novels, came out kind of in the wake of the Hunger Games, like so often happens with film series, you know, something hits really big, and then studios look, oh, what IP can we grab? That is in the same vein. And because a lot of these came out right after the Hunger Games, like you got the Elysian ones and, and a bunch of other stuff. And so this one, in my mind, I always kind of lumped with those. And I love the Hunger Games, but I was like, all right, these are all kind of pale imitations. And I know they didn't have, like you said, Ariel, this is kind of underrated. This is kind of an unsung series. It didn't have the best reputation. So I went into this a little, little skeptical. But then, <laughs> literally, from the opening shot, I was so on board the way that it just, it, it just opens that cold open where you see the guy just kind of being raised up, you know, Dylan O'Brien's character, Thomas just being raised up and he knows literally nothing other than his name. And as the audience, you are on that same page and that whole movie, they dole out information so deliberately and so slowly And you really get to know these characters. You're really curious about what the maze is. I knew vaguely that there would be... Like, the girl would show up at some point, and then Teresa. And I just kind of was like, wait, like, what... Like, I was kind of like, what if he was, like, actually you know a, a, like a sleeper agent or something you know and and then it like it was like a total recall thing where like arnold schwarzenegger had his memory erased and went into go, the goat and i was like then it's not that exactly but it's like you know he he was one of wicked you know and and just throughout and then you get that movie I, fantastic i was like really blown away the ending left a little bit to be desired to me but i was like all right cool let's go to the second one. Second film starts it's like cool we're out of the maze what are we gonna do now sun zombies the second one is like the last of us meets sunshine and i was like that is not at all where i was expecting to go and it's like and clearly there's upped production value in the second one the first one made a lot of money so they're like cool we basically doubled the budget in the second one and the third one about the first one had about 30 million dollar budget the next two had about 60 million and you know you can really tell and they went out and they they make the the world now instead of just being in the grove the maze they're in a much bigger much more interesting world and i love that twist where Teresa betrays everybody that was such a good ending and the third one another killer beginning that whole cold open in the third one where it's just like them riding on the bikes and you've got all these great character actors that they met. like Giancarlito is in this you're like oh my boy is in this you know a a pre-Alita Rosa Salazar is in this and I think I I feel the same way about Rosa Salazar as you feel about Dylan O'Brien Ariel <laughs> you know what I mean but I was just like I was I was so so hyped The third one, it was great. And here's the thing that I really love about the third one it's one movie. It did not do the thing that so many of these YA adaptations did, where they're like, hey, we're just going to split it into two because, and I like the second one was a little less successful than the first one financially. So they said, hey, let's put all of our, let's not split it up into two like the Hunger Games and Harry Potter and all these other YA adaptations do. We're going to actually make the third book one movie. And we talked a little bit last week about when, you know, Death Note was such a big thing and they needed to split it. You do not need to do that for a Hawaii book. There's, there's enough material to put it in one, and this is a pretty long movie, but it's good. And that pacing, whenever you see, like, even in the Hunger Games movies, I feel like that pacing is really disrupted by it being split like that. And famously the allegiant movies they tried to do that they got greedy and then that last one didn't make enough money so there's a part one and no part two to that one they could have just made it the same number of books or films as the books and they would have been fine so it was this it was all about and that's something i think is really important is no man not making things too big managing your expectations and delivering and making one really good movie with the budget you have which was inflated because of the first one and realistic because of the second one so all in all there's a there's a lot more i have to say because there's there's three movies you know this is the most movies he's ever covered but i was so on board with this this was a lot of fun this is the closest i feel like we've gotten to the hunger games in terms of these kind of dystopian teen things i really loved it interesting characters interesting ideas each one felt distinct. It felt like they were making good choices. And one more point I will make is that you mentioned that these were all directed by Westball. So often, there's a big problem in these movies. It happened in the first half of the Harry Potter movies, and I feel like that's a weakness of those movies. happens in all the Twilight movies. They're all directed by different people. They're off, uh, A lot of times, you know, like the fifth Harry Potter was written by someone else, and that, one, that one's really weird. But these ones, same director, same writer, uh, same producer, same cinematographers, continuity the whole way through. And that is so important in making a really cohesive narrative, which they absolutely accomplished, in my opinion, in this one. I love these movies.
0: Mm. Alan, get, let's get your opinion. because nice, I, I kind of nice. got a little taste of it, over yeah but go ahead. <laughs> yeah
1: I, I, saw, I
2: saw letterboxd so
1: <laughs> yeah i i have a fucking massive hate for young adult novels so i was not very looking forward to watching this right off the bat because we all worked at barnes and noble and every time i'd look <laughs> at the young adult section i would see maze runner next to twilight next to hunger games and they for me they virtually all have the same ideas it's I'm special. I'm dystopian, or I live in a dystopian world. And let's do Hunger Games or Battle Royale over and over and over again.
0: You're just sore of because of that. You're just <laughs> sore because of that.
1: I just—it's always <laughs> the same thing. Like I was. But like, you're
0: sore because of the Battle Royale, because I know we just like we were saying. It started with Hunger Games, but it—you're sore because yes, I will admit, so like Battle Royale. Okay. But Better real
1: came out before Games. I know,
0: I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, no, agree. But, but anyway,
1: yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I've only really liked, like, one young adult novel. And I, I don't know, there's, like, this thing about it. But besides that, I I tried going in a little bit with open arms. And I was like, okay, let's see. I was, get uh, my first guess for the the maze, I was like, okay, this is going to be... They're going to either die in there or it's going to be a competition or something, which I was pleasantly surprised that that's not what it was. I was like, okay, cool. I really enjoyed that. It was kind of more character driven. I really appreciated that it was more about the characters and what they're trying to get out of and and solve everything together. And they really set the lore up. So I was like, all right, this is cool. The first one ended on a. I knew it was going to end on like, a all right, to be continued kind of thing. So I was like, all right, cool. And I enjoyed it for the most part. I was like, okay, no worries. I kind of wish there was more mystery to it because I feel like right away by the second one, they got into what I wasn't a fan of where they're like, oh, dystopian world. And I was like, oh, okay. But again, I was surprised where I was like, okay, so there's kind of spider monsters and zombies, which I was like, all right, cool. I get it now. I I, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to mix a lot of different kind of, um, uh, what's the term, Not, not genres, but like tropes almost, where I notice a lot of big successful IPs, whenever they're huge, like Star Wars or Hunger Games or anything like that, they usually pull from a lot of ideas, which helps a lot with the world building. That's where I've always felt the strongest IPs do well when they're like we're going to use sci-fi we're going to use adventure we're going to use romance we're going to use horror we're going to use this and this and that which I, I appreciate so i was like all right cool like i actually wasn't pulled into it until the second one i was now. that's where i started kind of going okay now i'm a little intrigued by it started getting into it and then the third one i'm very happy it was not two parts like there <laughs> Because I was already at a point where I was like, I kind of want the story to progress. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, thankfully it wasn't two parts because I I think I wouldn't have been able to finish it. Because it just felt like it was, there was times in the third one I felt was dragging. Where I was like, okay, this is a little long. All right, we're getting there. But, like you said, Derek, there's a lot of, like, production... Value that went up. Where I was like, "All right, cool." Like you can tell the the CGI is better. They're getting a lot more actors, and I did notice a funny coincidence in our series that we both got. Uh, what, what's Littlefinger's real name?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say. Yeah. um <laughs> a, Yeah. They uh, teased Gillen.
0: Yeah. They yeah. teased that with that with that yeah. Uh, Shanghai. Yeah.
2: We got and him. Was, and, him and Walton Goggins. Yeah. I was about and to and say. God. I mm-hmm. was like. I heard the voice before he saw his face and was like, oh shit, is that Wally Goggs? That was what was missing from Death Note, was that you didn't have we Wally Goggs and, and Littlefinger. Yeah, but, which, yeah get those two, somewhere yeah. in
1: the background, they could have been the voice for Ryuk and Kira or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, you know what, that's a cool tie-in, because now it all comes down together.
2: <laughs> continuity, like I was saying.
1: Yeah, continuity. But yeah, I do appreciate that it was the same director all three ways around which I was like, all right, cool, because it did feel like a continuous story where I was like, all right, there wasn't any wild changes, nothing was weird here or there. And yeah, the one thing that really made me kind of groan, like, oh, young adult. Of course, he's the special one. Of course, he has the special blood. Sorry, but There I just, has to be ugh. special...
0: You watch anime, Alan.
1: I know, but, but the thing <laughs> yeah, is, I like... One. And the thing is with, like, Shonen anime is that, like, sometimes those main characters aren't, like, specifically, like, okay... Like, Goku. Goku's just a random Saiyan. He's not the chosen one. He's nothing special. He's a fucking idiot. Goku is not. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah, with all that. Exactly. He's not really anything special. He's no Trunks.
2: He's no Trunks. I'll just say that. Yeah,
1: Trunks would be a... it's Trunks is, like, the chosen one in his timeline. But anyways, that's besides the point. I don't know. I kind of like that more, like, oh, you know, it's... Doctor Who, the Doctor before recent fucking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh man so Alan, Alan you're just
2: naming really... all my my favorite shows right now
1: exactly right before Which we, we be... all end it yeah
0: <laughs> well yeah yeah
1: um... but yeah I, I just was like ah the like if they were like oh Brenda actually she was like she had the blood or something mm-hmm. I would have been like that's a cool twist because like yeah I was I was waiting for it I was like ah oh, it's gonna be Thomas. It's going to be Thomas. There it is. But I did like the action. A lot of the action was great. I like the, the characters. Giancarlo, Giancarlo Sposito was great. Yeah, there was a little confusion where I was like, I'm going to have to ask Ariel to kind of <laughs> fill me in. She yeah, I'll fill it like right, right now. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, fill, fill us all in for the audience as yeah. well. That, that's mm-hmm. the only thing where I was just kind of like, there was times where I felt very necessary information was just boom out the door real fast and i was like oh oh what and like i was kind of watching all these movies like i've been super busy the past couple days so i've been watching them on the go and like right now was finally the time i could sit down and watch the third one so a lot of stuff i missed but yeah i i do there's a lot of stuff i appreciated about 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 this trilogy where it was a trilogy story got complete and i was like perfect a lot of the characters were fun. I liked. We I can't remember his name. My girlfriend keeps calling him Eyebrows.
0: Um, oh, Wally, uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. Oh, Will, uh, Gally. Gally.
2: Will
0: what, Poulter, yeah. Which
2: they. By the way, they catch him exactly mid glow up in these movies. Like, mm-hmm. like before this, he was a dork, and now somehow he's like the hottest person ever. These movies are like right in the middle of that transformation.
0: Mm-hmm. Is Gally, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I, I, I'm so happy that you guys like this, this, this series because, it, like I was saying, it is one of my favorite book series and, and also like yeah, movie series as well. I am for dystopian YA. For most of the time, it does have to have like a, a good character. Yeah, they could be the chosen one, but they're they're what I love about this is that he's unknowing, and it's only for a little bit time, and he. Doesn't really have to deal with that responsibility, or he like actually push pushes it off like almost right away.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But I do
1: appreciate that it wasn't till the third one that he was it. I Uh was like, okay, at least it wasn't like in the beginning where it's like you're the chosen one. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. And I what what I could say about this is like I think one of the best translation from book to series because there is. in more in the book but but those aren't that big they're actually very like well-sized books and they're they're all equal in size so that's why it's really awesome that they kept it across just three movies as well because like they if they were going to split the third one in in half and and do or in two parts you, you would not have much to push in a second movie and so i very much appreciated that and and they cut elements from the books that I didn't actually mind too much looking back like in the moment when I had for, right after I like read all these all the whole trilogy and then watched the movie I was like why is it that in there but now looking back I'm like yeah you know what that actually makes it very clean cut there was an element in the book where Thomas and Teresa actually had kind of like a mind melt kind of looking at it in in recent pop culture very much like Kylo Ren and and Ray. <laughs> In that yard where they kind of had that uh, mind thinking kind of thing, and I very much appreciate now, now looking back, uh, that they cut ca- that uh, like they cut that part out because that would have gone like I think too far. I think it like they the base that, base their specialness overall like a little bit less, you know, like more grounded. Like I love how and it's in the book as well of like how. It, Malcolm and like life finds a way and and that the generation coming up it was going to like literally the the disease and the virus were going to burn off because like this younger generation that they were essentially like immune like life found found a way and they they, it built a generation that was going to be immune (laughs) and um the one thing that like i kind of like just because you know the romantic that i am they they and they but subtlety have at least in this movie but the kind of relationship between thomas and and brenda kind of is like a little bit more developed in in the in the book but i do understand that because it's a movie and and the pacing as it is and they didn't force it i I appreciate that they didn't force it with the with the time that they gave that it's subtle there like the whole callback to to her saying like i I'm this person, or you're this kind of person that that won't give up on somebody even though that they should, and then Tom is reverberating that that back to her when he's telling her to leave is just like, okay, yeah, like they they'll still end up together like eventually, and stuff mm-hmm. like especially yeah. with with the, the end, like him essentially like yeah, getting over Teresa completely, the bitch that she is. Dude, yeah, Teresa
2: it. fucking I was so
1: tough. fucking I know. glad she died. I yeah. was she so was happy. No, no,
2: no. I was yeah. like, yes, like good. I'm glad you had your redemption. Yeah. You got a little kiss from mm-hmm. Thomas. Great. That's that's all you get, though. Yeah. Fucking throw her into a burning yeah. inferno, collapsing building.
0: Yeah. And okay. that was exactly how it was in the book. Good. Uh, that's what I love. And I think it's because like James Dre- they, they he was like very hands-on with the movies and and I like that yeah he like cut. Yeah. I I kind of went too far with that kind of point or that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The death of new or not he doesn't he doesn't even die. Uh cuz like well kind of sort of because like it's even more sadder in the book because like essentially he does run away and when he's like gets infected like it really badly infected like that first like attack that he tries to attack Thomas doesn't end in his death. He goes out and like turns fully and thomas sees them like while they're like running out and full like cranked out and so it's even more sadder <laughs> with that way that direction um so i but of course love love new. i think this is like one of the last instances where he played or i don't know if it was game of thrones uh were the last in- instances where where that actor plays a teenager, thankfully. Um Dude, this guy he <laughs> looks yeah.
2: like he's perpetually eight years old. Yeah, it's he's na- not he's like anymore.
0: Yeah, now he's Thomas like Thomas Brody's a... what what,
2: mm-hmm. what is his name? It's like a it's a Thomas Danny. Brody's Sangator.
0: Yeah, getting yeah. married to a uh, uh Elon Musk's ex. <laughs> but yeah. <His laughs> t- he's getting
2: Mike's married ex. to Twitter? <laughs>
0: not I, the elon uh, musk uh, x I'm the just one, that, that, just... left, the I one know, that left the one that left yeah yeah <laughs> or the twitter but uh pre-twitter but but yeah it, it just has so many awesome characters like that and i love how each movie feels so different like you know you have the mystery kind of hunger games ish story of the first one and then you move into like, yeah, like a, a zombie apocalypse kind of story in the second one. And then you have like essentially like heist and, you know, infiltration, mm-hmm. all this other very much like Mission Impossible. Yeah. Like that I went on a brain a- heist. <laughs> Holy shit. I know. Shit. Yeah. It's okay. So good. Which almost which behind the ce- f- scenes almost costed Dylan O'Brien's life. Uh, because I heard he, about wait, the, yeah, because they had to actually like pause production because he like mm-hmm. I think kind of got ran over and like bro- got his leg broken, but it was kind of like in a serious serious way that that could have like cost him his life. So, but thankfully, you know, like he, mm-hmm. he, he thankfully, you know, my my Bo Styles, I love him. It's my Styles, Styles Papa had to pull that out there, but yeah, Dylan O'Brien. As an actor, I think is an underrated actor. He really needs to be put into something bigger, because he's he's awesome. I I've heard good things about. While his movies have come out as underrated, him he's always getting praised, which I'm like so happy for because I I love Dylan O'Brien since mm-hmm. since Teen Wolf, who was definitely the best actor on that on that show. And yeah, I just love this movie. I love this story. I need to now go go and one rewatch all of Teen Wolf except for the movie unfortunately which I haven't watched and because he's not in it <laughs> and then uh and then yeah like reread these books because it, it, it I just love this story I love Thomas as a character
2: yeah. Ariel did you see that did you know that he actually plays Jake Gyllenhaal basically in a movie not not in name but it basically plays Jake Gyllenhaal yeah,
0: in what? In what movie? Like they- in
2: in All Too Well, the short film. Oh, okay. In, <laughs> because with Taylor, uh, uh, Taylor Swift is like Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien plays the older musician guy that she's oh, dating, who is gosh. definitely supposed to be J. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah no. he's also like really awesomely on. Um... New girl, and like is the yes. one that, that Jess is just gives her virginity up to, but um, as,
2: yeah, as mentioned yeah. in a previous episode, he's also the voice of Bumblebee in Bumblebee, and
0: also the voice of Bumblebee, which is kind of like a cop out because it's like, uh, like, because yeah. you, you know, he you only hear him at the beginning of Bumblebee, and mm-hmm. then he loses his voice, you know, iconically. Yeah. They need to bring, bring his voice back, but yeah.
2: Question for you guys at the beginning of two, when you see. Aiden Gillen, a.k.a. Littlefinger, a.k.a. Lord Rathbone, show up, a.k.a. Smee from The Dark Knight Rises. Was there a second when you guys believed that he was not going to be the bad guy? Like, you no. were like, like, you're like, I've met this guy. Well, I guess you read the books, Ariel, so you knew. Yeah, know, but, but like, no, oh, even
0: the character in in the you're books, like, you're like, yeah, you're I like, don't trust
2: this. I don't trust this. Like, but it's just like, yeah. has he ever played a good guy? He's always yeah. a scheming little manipulator, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Uh, I didn't think he was going to be like the final boss, but I was mm-hmm. like, I think he's going to be like, uh, like, there's going to be someone higher above him because mm-hmm. we saw the reveal of, uh, the, the lady in white, I, f-
2: I forgot her name. Uh, Patricia is the actress. I, I think it's Dr. Page. I think something
0: mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was like, she, I immediately, when she was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to die or some shit. I was like, oh, she's the final boss. She's evil. Mm-hmm. She's a piece of shit, and then he showed up, and I was like, "Oh, he's like the si- the the side boss," which I'm not gonna lie, I was like at the end of the third one, I was like, please die already. Like, this guy would just it's not just, die. That, I was like, yeah, That's how stop. he is.
0: That's how he is in every character he plays. Almost. Yeah, he just
1: <laughs> doesn't, he, he has like five comebacks, and I'm just like, oh my god, just Thomas, you thought you hit me die. with that,
2: but you missed me. Like, I'm also not sure what accent he's supposed to be doing in this. Like, I'm like, can we just okay, let him be cool. Welsh or whatever? I,
1: I wasn't sure what he was doing either, because sometimes I was like, is that British? Is that... <laughs> american <laughs> and i was so lost and then there was a point how, halfway through the second one i was like he's doing whatever he wants that's <laughs> fine he can do whatever he wants <laughs> i'm like he, he's gonna he, I, I, I'm, he's gonna shine later as the the, the almost final boss but yeah. yeah i i figured i was like i don't know because because even though when he's a villain he's never the the final boss he's always they- just like
2: Except for Shanghai Knights. No, 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 no.
0: I know there's com- one role. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's uh-huh. one role because I was like, I know he has one redemptive role, and it's very sad. He's in Peaky Blinders. He is such. He's like the, one of the most incredible people on that show. Really great guy. Like, I, like marriage quality guy. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that that I I was like, he has one redemptive role. Uh, yeah, and that it's it's on P- in Peaky Blinders.
2: Well, one other thing too that I was I was thinking about while watching this movie, um, was a, a lot of these YA things, you know, they, they are kind of about, like, a, an oppressive ruling class who has kind of manipulated the, the lower-class citizens, you know, that's parents. a big running...
1: What was that? Their parents.
0: They're parents. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what it exactly. is.
2: That's why it, this, like, it's, a lot of them, it's like about like the ruling class versus like the poor, and you know this, this you know, the middle class being erased. You know, that's what Hunger Games is about. And like, the teenagers are always the main characters in that, but that always seems kind of just kind of by happenstance or it's inconsequential. This movie bakes that into the text. This movie is literally about the older generation who is trying desperately to hold on to the power and extend their life. And by doing it by literally sacrificing the young generation. And that's what we're seeing is going on with like these ghouls that are in Congress that are like forgetting where they are at the podium and like losing all, they don't even know who they are and like, and then, you know, holding on to power and screwing over the world that are going to scorch the world essentially. And the younger generation is getting us, our generation and the generation behind us is getting screwed over. And this movie really made was like explicit in like yeah these it it, there is a reason that these young characters are the ones that this is this world is focusing on it's not just by chance it's not because you know the young ones are in the hunger games or what or whatever it might be or you know the chant the kid is the chosen one or whatever i mean he is but it's it's all about like because we are they are trying to harvest them the old are taking advantage of the young to keep the systems of power going and to keep everything, the, the, their status quo going by by taking advantage of the next upcoming generation. And I, I, think, I thought that was really smart.
0: I think it would be, I would kind of, I, no, I would dis- fully disagree on that. Because I think it's more so but genetically... It kind of kind of reasoning and then it the the older generation were sympathetic to the children but they it was more so like they their thought of the greater good i think i would say that it's more so uh, this the two sides of the greater good kind of kind of mentality which which could Do be you think adrian like,
2: gillen thought that there was the greater good
0: adrian gillen no like there are bad seeds and but there was also like people on the council that were like we need. We should stop this. We're hurting kids. And then, of course, it Teresa comes in, like, like you know, did you have a niece and stuff like that, and like, but so it wasn't really more so the thought of like trying to save the older generation. It was more so just trying to save the world. So I think it was more so in that way a moral question, which of you know saving the one or saving the many, and and. For me, it, I am on the side of like Thomas's mentality and stuff like that, but but I think I would say that it's more so a commentary on that kind of moral dilemma. I think um,
2: both both are there. I don't think that they're necessarily <laughs> exclusive. Like I think everything you're saying is true, but I think it those themes kind of go together, you know? Mm.
0: Yeah, but I don't think as hard as you're saying. So yeah. I think it's more so like yeah, uh, it might be a sprinkling in, um, but yeah, that's what I would say.
1: I think of it even more simpler. Uh, oppressive regime, parents, uh, lower people, it's teenagers, me, you know, the the reader. And the dystopian society is I can't go out past 9 p.m. on the weekdays. <laughs> like, it, it's just, that's all. I'm the chosen one. That's, that's a- why I <laughs>
0: Alan, we need, to, we need to, like, give you a childhood. <laughs> because I feel like you... You grew, I grew up, understandably. Yeah, I grew understandably, up I will give you that, but I want to give you a childhood. I want <laughs> to give you a teenager's shit or something. I, you need yeah. an angsty era. era. Um, that's what you need.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely. Because I feel like by the time I was a teenager, I was like already working, and I was just like, oh mm-hmm. my god, I'm old no, as sure. fuck now. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
0: for sure, for sure. I was like, show me something
1: more shocking. Because, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah me, like, me, me and Manelli need to get together and like, we need to give him inks Cause I feel like she, she's, she, she like has yeah, that mental. Like, oh, hell
1: know? yeah. She, she was yeah, totally yeah. an angsty teenager for sure. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. she really, I, I will say, she's kind of like, she's always been like the shadow. I don't want to say host, but like, she's always been kind of the shadow partner in all of this. Cause she mm-hmm. watches the movies with me th- throughout and she loved these movies. She really, really I dug see. them a lot. Yeah. She was like, she kind of jumped in on the second one. And she was already hooked. Like she was like, "Oh, I like this." She's like, "When we get home, we got to keep watching this." I was like, "Alright, cool." Mm-hmm. But yeah, big big shout out to her. So she she I feel like she she understood it more than I did, like you guys did, and, and felt the the angst. While I was more just like these fucking kids, like I want to see them die.
0: <laughs> like she
1: she even was like, "Oh my god!" Like because I think I oh because like she's you know how the guys the guys have the guns with like the the shocking bullets yeah yeah. Yeah, they just stun them and stuff Uh huh. and i was just like oh they just got stunned pussies (laughs) and she's like they don't (laughs) all have to die graphically like she's (laughs) like they sometimes they need she's like there's probably a purpose and i was like no i want to see a kid's head blow up and she's like no (laughs) it can't be like that It's like you can't have your cake and eat it too every fucking time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like we don't need gore, and I was like, "All right, whatever."
2: <laughs> no, Alan, I like I like that though because you're just like, yeah, the real villains are the parents that wouldn't let you go out on the weekend parties.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dystopian, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, but but yeah, no, I I, I under, both I feel like both of you guys, um, uh, the ways you guys both explained it make a lot of perfect sense it's so and, and like derek was saying there's a lot of stuff that is very relatable to what's going on nowadays in our country so i'm just like wow it's funny how like these movies came out and like we see it happening and i just go why doesn't anyone notice this shit happening well,
0: like they we, do we have
1: this right here but i they mean they do the it'll majority, come. i guess
0: and they'll come yeah. a day they will come a day it'll no, it'll happen but it's yeah.
2: absolutely cr- like you're at, right Alan like it's absolutely crazy how, you know, these dystopian YA books seem to be like predicting like the, the real life and like I was watching today cuz it got me jazzed up to like rewatch The Hunger Games. I hadn't watched The Hunger Games in a lot of years. Um, and not since like you know all George Flo- George Floyd stuff happened, and there was that scene where there's the Rue dies and spoilers for The Hunger Games, whatever. Uh, and there's that riot in District Eleven. And it re- it hit me so much. Like that's always like a hard hitting scene, but it hit me so much harder because of the real life events. And yeah, so I think it's just life imitates arts and then art imitates life, and it's it's a cycle, you know.
1: It's fucking wild. It's so scary yeah. how how it is.
0: <laughs> but yeah. But, um, move on off of the, off of the macabre. Um, (laughs) no, like, uh, but then, like, yeah, to move off of the cob, literally, like, um, this movie ends with such, like, a hopeful kind of stance. I really do like that James Jasher never, like, extended the ending, at least. He wrote, he wrote a prequel that's not even about, I don't think it's even about Thomas and, 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 like, later which the glares themselves, like it's it's a very it's more explained in the books, but i don't know I don't know if you kind of caught on, but like uh, at least for group a, which is um and I think there were only two groups in the books. it was the it was yeah the all all boys and then the one girl and then all girls and then the one boy group and and then in the in the book, that whole situation of like Oh my gosh! I can't The, think the of fluffy,
2: names. who the the guy who is like yeah, 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 you're, yeah. the guy who's like you're like this guy yeah, is absolutely yeah. gonna die at the end of this book, um, at the end of this movie,
0: where Chuck like you know sacrifices himself to save Thomas. That mm-hmm. in the in the other group, that that scenario didn't happen, and and the girl version of Thomas kind of like did die and stuff. So mm-hmm. so there's a lot more resentment towards that one character, Ares. That that, but anyway, um, their names actually correlate with inventors so so like thomas is thomas edison galley is galileo new is sir eisen newton and and uh albie is is albert einstein and i think in the book they're prop they're like picked by like, like when they're super young like babies almost so like they they get their name cha- like cha- you know assigned that way and that I think, like, it, Thomas's backstory is a lot more sadder because I think, I, I, if I remember correctly, his mom actually tried to come back and, like, take him. But they ended up killing her because of that. Because they're like, you know, like, she's ours now and stuff. And so it's, it's like, super sad. Thomas's story is super sad in the book. <laughs> but I really did love... I, I just love Thomas as a character. I, I love that he didn't... He didn't opt into, like, getting his... Memories back completely because like once he found out like no I wasn't that I changed already so this is who I am now like I I don't want to go back to that that person that I was you know because like I had shame of being that person I don't want to remember this is who I am now. I really and another thing to like make you hate Teresa more is that in the book she actually calls him Tom, and that's her nickname for him. Whereas, you know, like, news is Tommy's, but then, he, like, he's, like, every time, like, he, that was a good moment, too, in the books of, like, uh they, she's trying to call him Tommy, he's like, no, it's Thomas and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, I love it. I need to go back and read those books. I'm I'm just getting the itch now.
2: <laughs> I, I feel what you're saying, because I felt like watching these, I was like, I feel like there's, there's some stuff that. Like, I'm not that, I'm like, it It doesn't tell you everything in the movies. And I'm like, this, there's some stuff in here that was probably a little more in-depth explained in the books. Mm-hmm. But I did appreciate that they didn't feel the need to over-explain everything, yeah. because mm-hmm. I think that's a big weakness in a mm-hmm. lot of adaptations mm-hmm. like this, is that, like, we need to put in everything for the books, otherwise the fans will be mad mm-hmm. at the expense of the movies, where the, it feels like it slows them down, because a... yeah. Obviously, a novel is going to have a much different pace and flow than a theatrical film. And I think that's one really, that's, you know, I know I'm picking on one a little bit in this episode, but that's one of my big problems with the Harry Potter films is they feel like they have to, like, hit all of these beats and explain all of the lore in Harry Potter. And this didn't feel like it needed to go overboard and explain all of the lore. It's like, you get the gist of it. Why are they, like, big monsters with stingers? What does everything do? They don't... They don't go... You get enough of it. You don't understand everything. And I feel like, oh, if I read the books, I would probably get what is going on a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But I had all I needed. And I really think that was... It's one of those situations where less is more.
0: Yeah. No, no. I think it's Mm -hmm. a... It's... It's. I think the perfect way of what. what... What these types of movies should do is make you want to read the book. Because Mm -hmm. you know... You know there's things missing... But it's not it's not detriment to the story itself, but you know that there's like things missing that you wanna get more in depth on like that's what like movies that are like inspired by things should do, you know, even like speak of like Oppenheimer kind of thing of like i I like now wanna read yeah american um um American Pr- because of like yeah like i I've always had a, a thing like a like an appreciation for oppenheimer himself but but yeah to go go and read that. As well, especially since I did, I have read Heisenberg's, (laughs) but in, in, in my, in my undergrad, I I had to read Heisenberg as, um, and his, so it's like I, to read, uh, yeah, Oppenheimer's kind of story would be kind of interesting as well. And that's what these kind of things should do.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: I agree. I, I really like that there was a lot of, uh, I'm pretty sure there was stuff for the fans to be like, oh, that's cool. It's from the book or something. But I I did appreciate that it wasn't so lore heavy and it wasn't like, uh, yeah, like I felt like I needed to have done homework beforehand to be like, oh, I should have read the books. Because there was even a time in the beginning of the, or when I was watching the first one, I was like, I feel like I need to read the books to to see what's going on. But then watching the second and third one, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I feel a little bit more... Content now, I, I feel like I'm I'm like grasping the ideas a lot better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, uh, um, Alan, do you, if there's nothing else to to you guys could think about on this movie, Alan, do you want to like ask a uh one last question of us? I'm,
1: I've been trying to think about one. <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about it for for a while now because I'm like, what what. I ask um
2: well if if you want to think about it alan i i, I have a question i can be before or after your question but i also had a question that i wanted to ask you guys yeah, okay you know, go for it Before you guys you know uh since we have you know had so many episodes together one of my favorite things about doing all these episodes with you guys is you guys would introduce me to movies that i would have never have seen underrated movies that would never have flown on my radar so I wanted to ask you guys, what are some movies that we've covered that kind of took you by surprise? The ones that you really ended up enjoying a lot that you might not have ever seen.
0: Yeah, I think I think the most iconic for one for me is um, Better Off Fred uh, because that one, yeah, I would never have watched it ever because of like the family reputation that it had, <laughs> and so in my family, so. I never would have watched it, and it's ended up being like such a transformative movie for me. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's just it it's it it definitely like it, it was a movie that I needed to watch in where I am, and it it helped me a lot in my life. Actually, um, and so so yeah, it would be it would it would be definitely be I think better off Fred for me.
2: Very nice, a uh, drop dead Fred, right?
0: Dropped dead for Sorry,
2: yeah. not better off for any yeah. yeah, no, that was a great. Honestly, getting to hear you talk about that one on that episode was so cool. Like, that was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Alan?
1: Uh, I think the one that really, really, really caught me by surprise, I was almost like loathing having to watch it because I was worried it was because c- one of my most hated genres is romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. I just fucking despise them. Like, and it's funny because I, I, In real life I feel like I'm not a very romantic person. (laughs) But um yeah, I it was um they came together. That movie blew my fucking mind. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I hadn't seen a romantic comedy that funny in forever and I was just fucking dying. Like it it was a huge shocker because like you know, I started watching the first ten minutes and I was just kinda like, Okay, we'll see what this is about. Okay, and then it it was exactly what I didn't think it was. And I was like, oh my God, I love this already. And paused it. So my girlfriend was like, come sit down. Let's get our food. Let's get everything ready. We watched it and we're just fucking dying and cracking up. And yeah, that, that one I think was my, my favorite one that, that caught me absolutely by surprise.
2: Very nice. Very nice. Um, Mine was, you know, when you chose Ariel, the uninvited movie that I had never even heard of this old ghost story from the forties. And, you know, I, I feel like with the, with the Haze Code, I'm always very skeptical of those movies. And we talked about on the episode, this one came from England, so they have probably a little more leeway with the Haze Code, but it it really caught me off guard. Like that movie, I, I was like, I knew nothing about it going in and watching it, I was like, this is like some A24 shit. This is so, like the vibes were so just spooky and creepy and absolutely everything I want from a good horror story, but it also had... Interesting romance and the characters were really dynamic and it was funny. So I, I fucking love that movie. I bought the Criterion DVD not long after we covered it. So uh, that was that was fun. That w- that movie was a blast and it was that, it was a, that was a great part of a whole. You know the old all the old movies we got to cover on that series was was so much fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Alan, you,
2: have yeah. you come <laughs> up a question? I'm trying I'll to buy s- you a little time. <laughs> No, no worries.
1: I think because um, see that was a, that was actually a really, really, really good question, and I'm like, damn, that's that 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 was that's a very hard one to follow up. Damn, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to ask other than like, if anything more. I'm just glad that we did this, and I'm I'm very happy that we did it, and we did it for so long, and I still hope you know the the, the people out there listening reach out to us or anything when we all you know kind of do our own thing at one point i i hope people enjoyed it and i hope people listened and went out and watched the films on their own or they just personally were just like you know what i want to hear these people talk and and i hope they enjoyed it nonetheless and i still there's just so much film to watch and i know there's going to be a plethora of underrated films out there you know non it's always going to be going forever you know it's going to go past us probably you know but i'm very happy to do it and i'm very happy to, that we did it together and it was a lot of fun and again you know one day i or, or any time you know on our socials I, I want to hear what people thought i want to hear if anything this is a question for the listeners i want to know what was your guys' favorite episode and what what movie really like, or what episode inspired you to go watch a movie after you heard us talk? And did that make you feel like, oh shit, like, like how, how we felt so strongly about the films we just talked about. Yeah. Like, I guess that, that that's my ultimate questions for them is to be like, or for them to let us know what they thought. And, and, and ultimately I hope they spread it and they share it and they let everybody know like, Hey man, if you're into movies, check these people out. And everything, and I hope they're with us when we all do our own thing or however things happen. But thank you so much, everybody, everyone listening out there. I would have loved to hear more from our listeners. Uh, unfortunately, I just I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm an old dude and just don't understand how socials worked or anything. But that I think that's my only sad. The the thing that makes me really really sad is that. I really wish we'd hope i really wish we'd hear from everyone out there more, but yeah, I guess that's that's all I have to say,
0: yeah, oh, beautifully put thanks thank you for that Alan, but guess with that, it would be the last time for me to close out this episode of this series um it, it's it's been such a great great time here and um and I'm very excited for for future things that that the undercast company is going to be doing um and with derek doing going forward with this with this series and stuff and uh i i'm excited to create new things and and new ideas and new podcasts the to show to show to you, the listeners so so um i you know hope that, that you will stick around with us and and see what happens because it's gonna be very, very uh, exciting things. <laughs> I know I've said excited twice, three times, but but that, that should emphasize on on what we're gonna be doing. Uh, and yeah, like I, I just um, hope you still check out check us out. On Alan's note, we'll be doing our best to, to see what you guys want to talk about, and we'll be very, very um, receptive towards that. I, there's one in from a long time ago. That I'm very excited to finally cover and and kind of check that out. And so yeah, so yeah. With that, thanks everybody for being amazing and um, listening to to us here. And um, with that. Have a good night or day, wherever time zone you are.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now thank thank you guys so much for so much for going on this journey with me. You know, and it's it's you know I just remember when we were all sitting in a sweaty garage recording yeah. <laughs> and you know it, it's crazy. Like, you know, I, I could I'm I'm, you know, living out my dreams of being a podcaster and I wouldn't wouldn't have started this journey or gotten on a like as long as I have nearly without you guys. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys and and I and I wish you all the best success and I implore everyone to, to continue on and, and follow everything that both of these guys are doing because they are they are incredible.
1: And I, I will appear back here too, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, it's completely over, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, everything we've done and everything, I, I still feel strongly about doing this um, with both of you guys and seeing where our journeys go off to, but... Yeah, hopefully, you know, you'll hear you guys will hear from me um, sometime soon. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. (laughs) Thanks for being amazing, everybody.
2: See you guys all later.
1: You're going to carry that weight. Take it easy.
2: Take care of everyone for me. And take care of yourself. You deserve to be happy. Thank you for being my friend.